Welcome to the Run Ohana podcast. I am Ryan, and I'm joined by co-host Donna, Brittany, and Kenny, along with producer Rob. What's going on? What's up, guys? Hey, Ryan. Um, Happy New Year. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. (laughs) If you're listening to this episode, we started recording three episodes, basically just trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. And uh, we are now recording. This is our fourth. Is this going to be like our first official episode? Because the other ones kind of. I think this one technically is our third one. Third one. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah. We practiced a bunch of times and really messed up a lot of times. We're probably still going to mess up a lot of times. So we'll just work and get better as we go along. But here we are again after the new year. We took a little bit of a hiatus just to kind of get through the holidays and, and kind of regroup here. But um, yeah, here we are back together. Anybody uh, do anything uh, exciting in, in December? December? <laughs> well, I ran a marathon Imagine Woo-hoo. that. Brittany ran a marathon. Brittany, runs Brittany a ran marathon. a marathon. Hey, I that just sounds like a good that. title for a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just watched I had not seen that movie since it came out, and I had just sat down uh, last weekend to watch it. It's actually a really great movie. I think it actually captures the, the runner's journey. Like, yeah. I, I felt so many of her emotions. Like, maybe she didn't drink, and she should have. But other than that, I mean, that could have been any one of us. But she did right? drink. Did she like in the not while she was running? I didn't see her stop. First while she was, yeah, but then she kind of got into the I want to be a runner. I don't want to stay out drinking and partying all the time. Yeah, that's where she lost me. But the rest of it, I was I was there. (laughs) I was totally expecting a movie that yeah, you almost had to be like in the running environment to kind of really understand it or appreciate it. But actually, I feel like you don't have to be a runner at all to kind of understand and appreciate the movie i thought it was actually pretty well done so yeah i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised Very so, well done. so Brittany, our Brittany, our Brittany ran a marathon in december i did it was it was kind of a comeback that almost didn't happen and i wasn't sure what happened um so it was it was a it was a great experience um a lot of emotions all the emotions but it was also the first time in a long time that I ran happy. So to kind of explain it better that we have to go back a few years to Chicago. When was that, Robert, that we ran Chicago? That was two years ago. 2017. Yeah, 2017. The 2017. We just had the 2019 a couple of months ago. Yeah. So that was supposed to be like my goal race. So, you know, I, I have a great PR for a half marathon. Um, and I've run many marathons leading up to Chicago, but I always ran them with other people. So if somebody else hit a wall, we all kind of hit that wall. Right. Mm -hmm. I never actually ran it for myself. And there were so many times where I was like, I could have, I know I can do five hours. I just, I knew even in that first one at MCM that it was in me, not at Disney, like, no, forget that. But the normal ones, I, I felt like I could do it. So this was supposed to be it. I trained my butt off. Like Ryan was my coach, coach Ryan. He gave me a training plan and I would text him and, you know, it was, it was just nonstop the whole summer. I hit every single one. So morning of hot as hell. Right. Uh, and they start late. It's not like Disney where you start at five 30 to beat the heat. They start. what time did we even start? Like 10? No, the first corral start at seven 30. Yeah. But what time did we start? Close to 10. (laughs) We were closer to eight 30. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of late. So um, the first five, six miles felt great. And then we, you know, by mile 10, there wasn't a lot of shade. By my mile 13, I was nauseous. And, uh, you know, we both kind of knew it just wasn't going to happen. I still PR'd. Um, I think it was like 523. Um, yeah. And my best before that was 535. So it was still a PR, but it wasn't what I trained for, you know, and for it all come down to just heat just sucked and uh it it took a while for me to even want to run again after that i mean it it literally did a number on me and i know it shouldn't i know we all should have several goals and and the last goal just being to finish but i don't know i just put so much into that publicly personally all that you know to just fail and that's what i saw it as so fast forward to about this time last year 
um, December last year, I was talking to a friend, crazy Asian, Aaron, um, about what race could I do to come back? You know, I, and Rehoboth was in the, in the winter, so it's not going to be hot. It's known to be flat. I love the trails. Um, I, I ran those trails all the time. So I felt like that would be a good choice. Um, and I would have all year to lose the weight and train and everything else. Well, I moved to Georgia, uh, got a new boss, got a new payroll system, got a new lot of stuff. And it took about till July for me to really feel like, okay, I'm finally losing the weight. I'm finally motivated. I'm finally in it. And then around August, September, I started sliding back. And I think that, and I knew, I knew I was sabotaging myself. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out why though, but I knew I was doing it to myself Um, and I couldn't stop. And then it was probably sometime after MCM, I watched a couple people who, you know, they hadn't trained either. And I, I had a bid for MCM and I decided not to run um, because I wasn't trained and I just didn't think I could do it. Plus it was raining, like it's butt off. So I'm glad I didn't, but I, I watched these other people who hadn't really trained complete it. You know, they were completely badass. And, and I was like, you know, where, what happened to me that I'm not willing to do that? You know what I mean? So anyway, fast forward to Rehoboth, I realized that part of what I was doing was that failure to, to, or that fear to fail again, publicly and everything else. Um, and I decided, sorry, but the, the fear of like, you wouldn't be able to run as fast as you had in the past feel of not completing a race. What kind of, what kind of fear? I mean, at that point, I didn't think I could even finish one. Um, but also because I had, you know, in the beginning of the year, I'm like, hashtag Rehoboth 2019, you know? Um, so again, I put myself out there, even though I kind of stopped putting myself out there halfway through the year, I still had. So in my head, you know, this was my goal race and it was the one I was supposed to do. And, and I knew that I couldn't, or I sabotaged myself so I wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have the opportunity right. to fail again. Right. Um, so go on the weekend. I just wanted to finish. I just wanted to run it for me. Um, Aaron was going to run with me, but then Donna um, and her had talked about Donna's goal race being the next weekend. And I was like, you know, I'm in no position to do anything of speed. So you do you and I'm going to do me. And it, you know, it's fine. And that way she could save her legs for Donna's race the following weekend and pace her instead. Um, so that morning we woke up and I took a shower, which I never do before a race get out, vertigo hits. And I thought I was going to vomit. Um, the whole place was spinning. I was nauseous and I was upset because I wanted to do it. I just, it's not going to come down to something stupid like this again. So I try to go downstairs. I start walking around the dizziness kind of stopped, but there was nothing that I looked at that I could eat. Like I just, everything made me want to vomit until Donna told me what was in her, what were they muffins? Yeah, superhero muffins. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as she told me what what was in it, nothing made me want to vomit. I was like, okay, let me eat that. And then the whole house, everybody there, Ryan, uh, not Ryan. Well, yeah, R2 is there, right? R2, yeah. Um, Aaron, Donna, everybody just came together to get me all my gear that I would need. And we were out the door before I could even have two seconds to think about it. I started the race five miles in, five, six miles in. The nausea finally started to subside. Um, mile 10, I took a giant poop and it was glorious. And after that, man, I was just happy. Like I ran happy the whole time. And, you know, mile 20, there's an out and back between mile 20 and 24. Everybody coming back looks miserable, right? And I'm just like smiling like an idiot. Like I had just, like people would be thinking this is a relay person, you know, who just started off fresh leg. <laughs> And no, nope, she just took a poop. Or there's a camera somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm like just happy. And people look at me and they start smiling and everything. And um, they had put a beer in my backpack. So I saw this pirate guy. I was like, okay, when I come back, he's going to be the one to get the beer out of my backpack for me because he was cool. We were talking. And um, I'm coming back towards him. And I see this girl who looks miserable. I'm like, you doing all right? She goes, no. I was like, okay, have a good race. <laughs> Kept going. The pirate, unfortunately, was helping somebody else at that time. So I just kept running. I got lost. I missed my turn. 
So I added a little bit, but I knew where I was and I knew where the, the brewery was. So I got to the brewery at mile 25. I walk in, everybody's like, hey, congratulations. I'm like, no, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I just need a beer to finish. <laughs> and they're oh like, what? And uh, so they gave me a beer and I got a growler for Matt Algeyer and Man, I walked at home and that that whole last mile where I was double fisting, people in cars were even looking at me because I just had the shittiest eating grin on my face. Like I was so happy, like so happy that whole time. And um, I get to the finish line and <laughs> some guy or someone says something to the side of me. And I'm like, this is the finish, right? Because the finish sign was backwards. So that I guess if they took a picture, they, they must be low on budget. They couldn't put finish on both <laughs> So if they took a picture from the front, it would read finish instead of us being finishers seeing, oh, yeah, there's the finish line. This is the way I'm supposed to go. It's very weird. But anyway, so I, I was talking to these guys and the announcer's like, Brittany Brown. And he's like, are you going to finish today? I was like, in a minute. <laughs> so then some random guy came, gave me this huge bear hug. And then he noticed my beard. He's like, that's so cool. And then I just walked into Dogfish where everybody was drinking and sat down. And it was just the best time, the absolute best time. So I have to thank Donna and Ryan for the, the Superman muffins or whatever they are. Um, Superhero muffins. Super, yeah, me. I you got to, that recipe from Ryan. Flanagan. Yeah. I've got They're one question. Did, did anybody at Rehoboth ever finish with a beer before? It sounds like you're the first okay. person to ever so, do this there. You know what? In such a, that, that was exactly what occurred to me at the brewery. Forget like at the finish line, but at the brewery, why was I so different? Like everybody was like, holy crap. They couldn't believe I hadn't finished yet. There are people who ran the half and they're like, we never thought about it. I was like, well, you should have. But Brad Garfinkel, right? And Linda Beck. And I can't, is that her last name? Yes. Okay. She ran the half and she actually did stop there and get a beer. Somebody opened, they weren't open yet when she showed up uh, at the half, but he opened it for them so that they could have a beer. And I know if, if Brad's run that race, he's done the same. So I, I can't imagine I'm the first one, but just nobody in there at that time had ever thought about that. So it was kind of funny. So... Mid-race poop now is becoming the, the, the new thing instead of the, the pre-race, right? Well, I think it's because we didn't have time. You know, like normally uh, you get to the crowd, you, you see a poor uh, body, your body's there like, we have it. flush it out, right? I didn't get that time. Like we literally got there. Oh, with oh the, my gosh. We had a start. That was crazy. When I mean, they ran up to the finish line. I mean, the starting line as the race was starting. There was yeah. no before time at all. Our war their warm up was running from the house to the start line. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of it was a little bit nerve wracking, and I was yeah. Even my, running. my my anxiety would be just like going through the roof. I I can't do yeah. that. I'm always the ones that are first on the bus or first or second on the bus, and you know I'm in the warm up area. You know I don't have to warm up right of the way, but I would just want to be at the location on site so that I don't have to deal with any transportation issues. Anything that could create some havoc for me getting there. I, I hate getting to a race late and then kind of because I just feel like mentally I haven't had all that time to kind of process, you know, especially on a goal races. Right. You don't have that time to kind of, you know, visualize, you know, OK, I'm going to go out this. I'm going to do this and that. And before and before you know it, you're running a 5K pace to shoot out the first three miles of a marathon. And so you're all burnt up. So but wow. Impressive. I will say the other thing too is, you know, this was two out and backs, but these people must be like, just like fast runners like Ryan, because it, it was like me and maybe 10 other people. I've never been that far in the back. Right. But it was just, they were just a lot of faster runners. Like it was mainly four, four and a half hour marathon times or better. So that, that was a little weird to be in the back with, not many people like, and it was just me showing up. This poor old guy didn't really want to continue at his station. He was like, how far away is, is the Duncan or the, the Dairy Queen? Cause that was where the last runner was. I was like, Oh, I think that that's like three miles back and they're going pretty slow. So it might be like another hour. He's like, man, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there literally were like 10 of us in the back, you know? So I wasn't definitely not the last, but 
um, when I got in that second out and back, that was when I saw everybody at 24 and I'm all happy go lucky, but so what, what three miles. So yeah, I was about three miles behind everybody else. And then everybody so else wonder, was about three miles behind me. So you're crossing the finish line. You've got beers in the hands. I wonder if anybody's double fisted blizzards on the way through the finish line. <laughs> It'd have been cold that day, but yeah, you know what? There's just never, never too cold for ice. But how can I'm like, you double fist a blizzard and you can't eat it? So I didn't know that they were giving out ice cream. They asked if I wanted some, and I thought it was a joke. I was like, ha ha ha, you know, and I kept going. No, they really were giving out ice cream. Huh? Nice. I need to run this race. Have you I ever run this race do. before, Brittany? No, I've just run the trails. When Kenny used to work at Dogfish. That was part of the trails that I would run all the time. So, I mean, wow. the last half of it was what I've run all the time. The first half was new to me, but it was nice. I liked it. I, I don't it think that was, it's one it that was you want nice. To and it'd be, it'd be fun to get a big Airbnb. I met a friend of mine who was there from um, who, who I went to high school with. She just happened to be there. She had a house that slept, I don't know, 20 to 30 people at that race. And R2 had to defer, so it could be it R2 could be his destination. Yeah, yeah, he needs to go back next next year. I'd like to go back just because it, it was fun. Yeah, it was nice. It was pretty. I mean, I was only cheering, but it was yeah. Boring. But no, there's there a there's only one section that was boring, and that was by the Luz Ferry, um, where the Dairy Queen was. That was maybe three miles. That was just absolutely boring, but the rest of it was great. All trails, all nature, all like just beautiful. Just make sure you're looking at the signs and not letting, you know, your feet take you where it usually goes so you don't get lost. Mm. <sighs> so they got those like little directional signs with the arrows pointing which way to turn. Well, and I knew when I was across the street this had to be wrong because there wasn't a cop there like there was when I came <laughs> the first time. So I don't I don't know where I missed the turn, but somewhere I missed the turn, but like I said, I knew where I was. It's just I had also time to be able to stop the brewery and walk that last mile. Because, guys, I thought I was only going to be able to make it to 20. Like that, My first goal was make it to 18 and then walk if I have to. And then, well, I'm, I'm good. Let me make it to 20. And then 24, man, was when I – was it 24? Somewhere between 24 and 25 was when I just started walking. But I felt great up until then. So this buildup for this race really kind of kicked off in – what, July? Is that yeah. kind of when you said you started training? And then well, no, I started training. I think I, I it was um, July 4th was the peach tree race. And, man, I flew. Like, I stopped and drank a lot and all that. But um, I felt strong. I felt great. I lost 10 pounds. Like, I just was on the right track, right, finally. Um, and I knew that if I kept going, I'd be I, – I actually may be able to do this. And then it was – you know, sometime August, September that I just said, nope. Yeah. And I'm, that it's hard to say. I mean, life gets in the way of, of all of these uh, goals that we set and races we plan. But, you know, you had a tremendous amount of life stuff happening all at one time. And, you know, certainly, uh, it, you know, it's, possible for someone to take on all of that and kind of keep going for a little bit but at some point there's going to be a little bit of burnout where basically you mm -hmm. just want to let your mind just kind of uh wonder and not think about anything a little bit you know and just kind of be a little mindless for some time to kind of refresh and so i you know who who knows but you know move into a different uh, different city new location new job all that stuff man the stress and the anxiety and i think that's sometimes we don't we don't factor that in enough um, no. when we're, we're planning our runs and when we're trying to running is great. If all you can do is just be consistent, right? It doesn't have to throw out a lot of workouts to kind of continue to, to, to maintain, uh, uh, fitness. But, um, but yeah, you've got to factor in some of that life stuff because that is stress is stress. And, and you've got the life stuff that's really <laughs> shaking things up a little bit. Um, it's really hard to stay, super consistent, um, with workouts and things like that. Uh, it, you know, the running needs to be simplified in order to really be sustainable because if you don't simplify the running and you've got all the life stuff happening and you're stressing out on the running side too, man, it's just a, a, a good recipe for, for burnout. So 
you know, I think it's, and, and we all get there. We all get there. I've been there myself. And, uh, but I think it was good. You, you took a step back and just kind of regrouped. A lot of, yeah. A lot of self awareness, realization. And then how do I fix this? Cause that's not me. Right. So like you said, with work like this, it, it, this is harder because there's a balance thing that I'm not used to. Like before, man, I could go run at seven, be at work at eight, you know, or come home at five, five thirty, be at the gym, you know, eat dinner, whatever. I have plenty of time here. I have to leave at six 30 in the morning and I don't get home until six 30 at night. And then I'm in bed by eight, eight 30. So it has been like, where do I fit this in? Um, mm-hmm. so like you said, simplify. So I was like, okay, well, there's these two classes that I love. I call them Hulk smash. It's group power, uh, 5:30 Tuesday and, and Thursday. So maybe if I just run for 30 minutes before that class, you know, and, and that's what I started doing. I just, wake up a little earlier, just get 30 minutes in. I'm not trying to go far. I'm not trying to do anything. Just get a little bit in, then take the class. And, you know, then on Friday, I don't have a class. So maybe make that my long run or, you know, Monday or something. And then just try, not a long run, but, you know, for work. Um, and then the weekend, try to do a lip to go or, or a spin class and then a run on Sunday, which I didn't do today, but that's okay. There's margaritas. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Margaritas are good too. <laughs> We're resting the legs for the marathon next weekend, you know, whatever. <laughs> and we'll get into that a little bit later. So everything at Rehoboth ended well, Rehoboth. right? <laughs> Rehoboth. You know, we talked about this before the podcast. I have a terrible way of pronunciating this because I read it on Facebook or wherever it's posted. I read it totally different than how it's pronounced. Really? How exactly can't read do it. you say it? Rehoboth? 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 <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to say it correctly. <laughs> I said it wrong for like two years. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, I don't feel so bad. So everything ended well there for you, right? Yes. Everything ended fantastic. It put me, you know, that, that running happy just showed me that it's possible, that I'm okay. I'm going to figure this out. And so 2020 was not about a goal race. And it's not going to be about a goal race. It is going to be about just just fixing me, just baby mm-hmm. steps, just you know, mental and, and physical fitness. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And it's with the, uh, and you just mentioned just kind of taking a step back and just kind of rebuilding. It's not rebuilding the whole foundation. It's not like you took off six months or a year or anything like right. that, right? You just took a short period of time. And I think sometimes we lose sight um, that, you know, you you build up to a goal race and, and whether you succeed or whether you fail uh, and then it's like, oh, well, now I got to start all over for my next goal race. And, and really, that's not even true, because, you know, if you stay somewhat consistent with running, you're just building the foundation all the way up. And while you may have missed the goal race the first time, you're going to eventually, if you just keep stacking that up, it's just like a, a staircase going up, right? And you're laying your kind of the first one. And sometimes you might hit it right off the bat, but you know, keep, keep with it. And, and if you've got to come back down and kind of rebuild a little bit to, you know, get back into a new routine, uh, settle back in, whatever you got to do to, uh, to kind of re readjust. And sure that might take some, some, you know, days off, some weeks off. That's totally, totally fine. It's not like you're going to lose a ton of fitness in that, you know, short of time, but, you know, staying with it and, and, uh, finding a way to reset yourself to kind of get back in the groove again. And you're just going to keep building off the, the previous fitness. Yep. Cool. Cool. But Any unlike me who didn't hit my goal race, somebody finally did. I did. I did. Yay, but Donna. I, there, <laughs> There are a lot of words that you said that echoed in my story as well. Like just um, for one thing, this is just so long in the making. I feel like I have been trying to hit this sub two half marathon for the longest time. And it got to a point where I stopped saying it publicly and I stopped posting a whole lot of it because I just couldn't stand to lose face again. Like it was it was too much for my mental state to have to say I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And um, this time, I I feel like the stars kind of finally aligned. And I had asked Erin um, if she would pace me. And oddly enough, 
or not so oddly enough. I mean, when you hear what she did at that marathon that she was saving her legs for my right. race next week and she blew it out <laughs> of the water. I mean, her goal was like 4.30. She did 4.23 or something crazy like that. But I just knew that um, she was one person who could probably pace me and get me there. But she had never run a sub two half either. Hmm. So right. this was this ended up being a goal for her too. But believe me, in the months or I don't know, years to come, she's going to blow that one out of the water because I know she could have left me in the dust a million times. But um, anyway, it was it was nice because the weather was perfect and I had a pretty flat course. It was on trails. So that was a little bit different than what I had anticipated a tiny bit. Like I I've run on this canal before um, not to this length and there, it was a little bit more rocky than I anticipated and same with Aaron, but, um, but we were able to make that work. And then there was a slight uphill on, it was just an out and back and it did turn out that the back was a little more of the incline. So that, that definitely affected me, but, um, it was, it was really good that she was there because she certainly helped motivate me. Um, I was feeling good until about mile eight when I just felt like, oh, I'd really like to stop now. (laughs) And thankfully, she did not let me do that. She kept encouraging me to just keep going. And um, I was able to. It was hard. um, I will admit that. But I was able to do it. So it was it was pretty cool to have her cheering me on there. Um, And it felt really good at the end to be able to say I finally did it of course now I'm like well now what I don't know I don't know if I try yeah I don't know if I try to beat that or I don't know but it is it is um it's a really hard thing when you put so much time and effort and your heart into training for something like that like you were saying Brittany like for Chicago and having the weather or you know, just waking up and have vertigo or whatever it is and something keeping you from doing it. It's just, oh, it just smashes you, you know? And, um, so I didn't think I could take it again, but I'm, I'm glad to say I don't have to, I didn't have to, but it was a pretty, it was a pretty exciting day for me. And, uh, we'll see where we go from here. So Donnie, you got your sub two half marathon goal. I did. You mentioned that it's been a long time coming. How long have you, uh, I mean, not so much considered it, but how long have you been taking shots Pacing at it? Facing it. Sort of it's thing. been like uh, four or five years. Oh, at least. Well, like, ironically, the first half marathon I ever ran at Disney was a wine and dine in, I think, 2010, either 2010 or 2011. And I ran a 203. I think I took <laughs> one picture I didn't run with anybody else. It was before I knew anybody or even that. I can't even remember how I found out that it was a thing, but I went down there. I was the same kind of person as you, Brittany, where I was just running with this grin on my face because I was just so happy to be running at Disney. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And um, and I ran straight through and I did a 203. So in my mind, I thought, well, how hard is this going to be to beat that, you know? But then I don't know if I just got in my head or if I, I don't even remember. So I probably put it on the back burner for a little while. And then I feel like there were at least three or four conscious, you know, goal races that I had trained for to try and hit it and each time missed it. The most recent one was um St. Michael's in May of last year and that was when I got beat by the weather that was it was just it was really hot to start and I just I fell apart pretty quick um and the but year you before did that PR that race right I did PR yeah well that, that was two years ago so two years ago in 2017 hmm. or 2018 I did PR it by like 30 seconds I think uh, PR, um, PR. yeah that's right but I still didn't get the under two and that I know it's just my mental. Well, okay. I think there's two things. One is my mental game is just not, I'm not good at encouraging myself. I am so much better at saying you suck. You can't do this. Look how slow you just ran that last mile. You're never going to make it instead of 
you know, come on, Donna, you can do this. You've trained, blah, blah, blah. My other thing is I still don't have my nutrition um, right. And I, even for this last race, all I did was eat some goofy gummies at like mile, I don't know, seven. And I think if I learned better what would work for me, um, that might improve things as well. So uh, those are my two things that I need to work on. And um, those were the, those were the two races that just kind of, after I didn't hit those two, it was, it was just not good around here. I think John was almost more happy for me to make it this time because he doesn't have to listen to me saying it anymore. <laughs> so. so do you find at the, um, during the race, do you find that there is uh, a level of hunger or um, depletion in the half marathon that, that fueling would change that? Or do you think it does tend to be a little bit more mindset? Um, I think mindset plays a bigger role. Um, but I do feel like there probably is something I could do to just help my body push through a little yeah. bit more nutrition wise. And I know even Aaron was, was drinking like tailwind and I don't know <clears throat> if that would be helpful. Um, but unfortunately they actually ran out of water at one of the water stops at this race. Ooh. So that was, that was a little bit of a problem. Um, thankfully it was a really nice day and it wasn't overly hot or anything, but, um, and, but she had brought her own water bottle. I did not. Cause I just, you know, I just assumed I'd be able to get it on the, right. On, on course. Route. So, you know, I don't, I don't think another couple of sips of water would have made a difference in my last few miles, but, um, would have helped a yeah. little bit. That's such a, um, and everybody's different and what works for one person doesn't work for another person. It's such an individual uh, not even so much a preference. I mean, people could have a preference for what they would like to eat or drink during a race, but it just may not settle with their, their system. Yeah. So it is something that you experiment during, during training and whether it's tailwind or whether it's uh, Morton or something else. I mean, some of the things might have too much of a chalky flavor to mm -hmm. it and everything. So it is fun. It's kind of funny. So yeah, I've never gotten into like, shells right and stuff. In I don't like, I don't like them and I don't, and when I do training runs, I don't typically feel like I am hungry or maybe I don't care but because I know yeah. I'm just going to get home. So that's I know the I have one to thing you need to do, to though. Do I know. The one Some thing of you the... need to do is a training run is more than just the time on your feet. It's also training your body, training your mind, training your nutrition, what to take, what's what works, what doesn't work. And I use those a lot while well, I have used them a lot to experiment and find, you know, after a lot of time, what works and what doesn't work for me and how often I need to take the nutrition. And it does make a difference in my races because I know a half marathon versus a marathon, what I need to take, how long I need to take it. And when I get into things longer than that, I know I've seen people who are going to do ultras now. And doing triathlons where you can be out there for many, many more hours, what you're doing for two hours isn't going to work as well for seven hours. It's not going to mm -hmm. sit as well in your stomach. So you've got to learn these things and they take time. Well, with a half marathon, like what's the most that you run? It's, it's not the full right. 13. It's right. usually, you know, ten. eight to 10. Yep. So you may not need it for that, but just that last three or last four, you know, that's when you do need something, you, you know, whether it. Well, you actually need to be more proactive about it, not wait right. until it, you're hungry, until you're feeling it. But we just never get there in training. You know, I think that that's probably Donna's part is she's just never gotten to that point in training because she's not gone as long as she does on race day. You know, so you do have to start experimenting and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think there, I think there's a couple of approaches to it. And, and one is um, I think you just sometimes if you're just experimenting with this stuff, you just have to take it, even though you're not really hungry. Or what you could do is just uh, start off early in the morning after you slept all night and you didn't eat a breakfast or mm. anything. Hop out there at that time because your body is already uh, hungry at that moment. Right. So go out and, and run on an empty stomach. Um, and then take the fuel during that time and, and even just kind of uh, 
forcing it in during the system, even when you're not hungry, it just that allows you to kind of get a taste and get with the uh, mechanics of, you know, tearing off a, a goo package or something like that and, and eating it. So that gets you into the rhythm. And the other approach to it is that it's a lot different taking fuel at an easy pace uh, than it is taking at race yeah. pace. Yeah. So if you're if you're racing a half marathon or a full marathon and you're running at, you know, nine minutes, 10 minutes, but you do easy runs at 12 minutes. That's totally, totally different experiment. In, in, in the, so you, you almost have to approach it both ways and, and learning the mechanics of, t- and then the taste and does it settle with your stomach? Okay. That passed. Um, now I'm going to try it next time. I'm going to try it at about race pace, you know, try it on a workout where you've got some speed involved that, you know, uh, that you're going to be doing with a long run. And then it can even, weather can be a, a big factor. Mm-hmm. I have always taken goose uh, at many of my runs for races for marathon or, uh, but I found out if the weather was at a certain, you know, 65, 70 degrees, even 80, man, my stomach would just turn at the thought mm. of taking a goo. So the cooler temperatures, I was totally fine. It would settle mm. fine. Warmer temperatures, I just couldn't tolerate anymore. And so I ended up finding something that I've actually had pretty good success with at my last race. So, uh, I'm excited to try it at the next one. Mm. So, but, but yeah, I, I think there's different approaches to, to testing and trying out the nutrition side, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. You kind of go down a whole nother rabbit hole with yeah, a whole different sure. podcast on, uh, on that, but, uh, cool. So two races in December, two successful gold races. I did not run a race. Successful in ways <laughs> we don't always see. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great. Um, it, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I did not run any races. I did training runs. Uh, I can relate to all of your stories so well, but not in the month of December. Well, I guess technically since space coast was Thanksgiving weekend, I did run a race in December, but I still consider Thanksgiving weekend, November. Right. It depends. Are you shopping at the uh, stores? Because by then it's almost Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, True. I have one word, Amazon. <laughs> stores. Cool. So Space Coast, we didn't talk about Space Coast. How was that? Oh, Space Coast was a great time, great race. Uh, I ran the half marathon again this year and uh, did end up with a PR on it, though I wasn't going out for a PR. I was just going out to enjoy it and have a good time. And the weather was right. Everything, uh, you know, all the running gods, the stars lined up in my favor and ended up with a 30-second PR for the day on the course. Nice. Yeah, nice. Fun. Cool, cool. Well, I feel like a bum. Thank <laughs> you, guys. You yeah. should. All the, all this training yeah. for Boston. I'm sure you you're ran circles out around us, actually, Ryan. <laughs> the amount of miles. No, it's, 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 it is. I mean, I could relate to your stories because, you know, I had, I was at, I was at Chicago with you guys in, in 2017 and I was there for the, it got warm and I actually encountered an injury for that. And that was a goal race for me. And, uh, yeah, sure. It was a little, little bummed out, but you know, you make do, I didn't even think I was going to actually be able to start that race. And I did. And halfway through, you know, so it, it's, yeah, I can relate to your stories. Absolutely. Um, and it kind of brings me to the question is, you know, we talk about these goals on, on social media, right? And we, we share them with friends, we share them with family. And when we approach the goal race, I wonder if that creates, do you guys, do you feel extra pressure going into that race if you talk uh, about your goals out loud? Does that lead to extra pressure on you going into the goal race? Um, and the reason why I bring that up is I, I took two shots at um, uh, at a Boston. Actually, one was just race to see how close I could get to the Boston qualification time, and that was in Chicago in 2016. And then uh, after that race in 2017, I decided to hire up a coach, and uh, I started making it a little bit more uh, publicly known as I was uh, really close. I was technically 77. 77 seconds off the technical cutoff, right? I wouldn't have been able to go even if I would have qualified just barely just because of the, you had to be well underneath that. But at 2017, I hired a coach, started talking about my goals a little bit more publicly, posting them on social media. 
And uh, I was really working my butt off uh, through all the training, just basically just trying to knock out every workout, do all the training. And uh, two weeks out from Gold Race in Chicago, I come up with uh, IT band and bum hip flexors and the whole works. And I pretty much didn't run for two weeks uh, leading up to Chicago and got to the race and didn't think I was going to run it. I did run it, but halfway through, everything all flared up and I was, I was done for. There was no way I was going to be able to pull it off. So, and then at that moment, there was a lot of frustration uh, with it and a little bit of let down that, eh, you know, here I was, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to shoot for a Boston qualifier in Chicago. And then I finished the race and I was hurt, a little kind of bummed out about myself, about not hitting my goals and uh, talking to Eddie McCoy a little bit about it. And he's like, I think one thing, and, and it, was, it was just like, ah, was, you know, just do set your goal and, and just go for it. You don't have to, you know, put it all out there for, for everyone. Just go for it. And he wasn't, I don't think, trying to, um, uh, to say don't, you know, don't go posting all over social media. But I think at his point was that, you know, I was beating myself up over missing my goal and things like that. And most of it was that if nobody knew that I had set that goal and I crossed that line and I just finished the race, you know, I would, nobody would know to think anything different uh, of my outcome. And so that's what I did for, for the 2018, I had a goal race and I didn't put it out there that I was really running this race. Um, my family knew it because they knew that I was still shooting for it. And obviously I'm running all these crazy miles out there. So they, my family knew it, but I didn't put it out there all over. And, you know, it took a little bit of pressure off me to be, to be completely honest with you. And that, you know what, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, nobody's really going to know whether I succeeded my personal goal or not. And, uh, I was able to hit it. And then after that, I was just kind of like, you know, so I, I kind of go both ways on it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, I think there's, you can put it out there and you can develop a support system, you know, it's going to help you kind of keep you on track and accountable. I didn't need the accountability so much. I needed the, uh, I needed, I needed it. It was all in my head really. And, and, and for that, I had to take pressure off myself. So I just kind of curious if, you know, you, we talk about these goals and we talk about hitting them. If you guys had, uh, think back when you started shooting for sub two or sub five, do you think that putting it out there and with friends and social, if it put any more pressure on you to hit it and created any more um frustration when it didn't I think go out so go, well i think i think it can go both ways because sometimes it can be considered bad pressure in that you're so stressed out about it that now if you fail you really you, you almost can't come back from it mentally but in another sense it can be a huge support system it can be an accountability kind of thing or like uh, one of the things I did before the half was I ran um, <clears throat> I ran a 10-mile race with my son. And he and I, like, you know, of course, the kid is half my age. He can run circles around me mm. without hardly training. And so our goal was to run <clears throat> an hour and 30, an, an hour and a half for 10 miles. And my prior um, PR for that was 134. So it was a big, it was a big chunk for me to be taken off. But I just, in I didn't. I didn't say it out loud to a whole lot of people, but I couldn't stand failing in front of him. So for me, mm -hmm. it was a good pressure because I just didn't not, I just, I just had to be able to do it for Patrick, you know, but with my, with the half goals, um, there were too many, there became too many times where I had to come back after saying, Hey, this is my goal race and this is what I'm doing that I had to come back and say, I didn't do it, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it again. It was too much pressure. So I had to keep it kind of on the down low mm. and just tell a few people that I knew would be supportive of me, but not, you know, it, it would just be okay in the end if I didn't hit it. I think there's two, two sides as well. Um, I don't think that there was added pressure at Chicago for me, even though it, it was, you know, with team shenanigans in the podcast I saw on before, Everybody knew, everybody was probably tracking me that day, you know, whatever. It was about me. Um, 
I will say that I will not tell you what I'm doing when I'm going for the five hour again, because right now I'm not, I, I think that in my head, it's not so much a, putting it out there publicly. It's I, I need to fix me. And I think when I'm ready, I'll know when I'm ready and I'm just going to find a race right then and there and go for it. Um, but I also feel like you shouldn't be afraid to publicly share your failures. Um, which is kind of what I'm doing now. Um, and I, I don't know why I'm getting upset. Oh, I can drink more. Come on. <laughs> I, I know that there's other people struggling. And if I can share some of what I'm going through, not to get sympathy, not to, to even get the support that I have gotten. I've had, you know, Kimberly uh, Torres has, has messaged me in the morning. Brian Marks messages me every day. You know, um, story has started texting me again, just checking in on me and, and whatnot. And it's meant a lot, but it's more about my journey, maybe helping somebody else who's going through this that can't speak out. You know, it's, it's very hard to talk about depression. It's very hard to talk about that dark place that you can go to. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, but I'm, I am hoping that it does help somebody else. So I, I always try to post when I'm in a good place, you know, like here's what I've been going through, but here's, you know, where I'm going to head and, and here's my goal, you know, baby steps and all that. But um, so I, I do, I think that you should be okay with putting yourself out there. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And just know that your friends and your family will be there to catch you when you fall, but also that you may be helping somebody that you have no idea that you're helping them. Well, I think that is to piggyback on that, Brittany, I think the one thing I've learned is that nobody ever is going to stand up and call you a failure because you didn't hit your goals. I, I have found the running community to be the total opposite of that and just be encouraging you for the next time or saying, you know, even if you missed it by a second, a PR is a PR. And um, it it just goes to show you that these people are here for you to help you and to to help you stand back up instead of push you down so right. you know it, it definitely the day yeah. after chicago he said you know anybody who's running that in that heat was at least 20 25 minutes slower than they normally would have been yeah oh easily yeah that and was that was brutal yeah you 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 bring up an interesting uh perspective of it and it's one i didn't think when i was really bringing it up is that especially in social media where we are posting so much of the good side, uh, you know, the good experiences. Hey, I set this PR. Hey, I've lost this much weight or, Hey, I've done this many miles this month. And then, you know, something happens and, you know, either the, the person kind of goes silent or the, the topic of conversation changes and it's, you know, you know, you don't see, Oh, they're not running this many, you know, they're not running at all or they're much slower and honestly, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we all go through those struggles um, at, at some point and not so much just on the running side. You know, here we're talking so much about uh, running and, and uh, uh, goals and everything that we're setting. But even in, in life, I mean, I've there have been times in in the last six months, I can even count them on two hands at this point, how I've just become so overwhelmed uh, with things at home, work, um, any different facet of, of my day to day. And, uh, there are several weeks in my Strava where they're so erratic, um, you know, as far as, you know, either, uh, runs the mileage or not running at all. And it's, it's all part of our, our system. And, and I think if we're, um, brave enough to share those, not so great experiences. Uh, you're right. I, I think it can be inspiring to someone who may not be as brave, but kind of struggling through the same, same thing and, and being able to kind of pull up and even if even reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm going through the same thing. And, and lo and behold, you've got a, a partner in crime as you kind of both, uh, uh, regroup. And, and so I, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I, I think it's the idea of putting out a specific goal and, and topic. I think it can go many ways. And I, I think uh, in the end, the, the probably the, the best answer is that 
you kind of got to take care of do yourself, right? If it's, if it's, if you feel like the, uh, knowing that, Hey, this is my time goal. I'm putting it out there. If that's creating a lot of pressure, don't put it out there the next time. You know, if it's not, if you're not feeling that pressure, um, then, then, you know, keep, keep going at it because you're right. You know, it could be inspiring. And, and I honestly have been pretty silent and it's not so much that, um, I've been doing it intentionally in 2018 when I ran my fall race, I did kind of intentionally keep quiet. Other than that, I've just, I'll talk about it. I just haven't been like real out there. And I think part of that is that I'm not really struggling with, you know, uh, achieving time goals. I've just been, you know, not really vocal and, uh, inspiring, I guess, honestly, and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, how that all works for me as well, because I, I, I was pretty open about it after 2016, so confident and to the point. And that's just, uh, I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I, I totally get, you know, what, what you're going through struggle. I think we've all been there at some point. And, uh, yeah, I, I think putting it out there for good and bad, you know, is helpful. I think, that that, and, I think that that's it. It's, you know, people look at a, a lot of people that, that post a lot about their successes and, and, you know, Jane, who just started, is like, I can't even, like, run a 5K in this. And, and here this girl is just starting. And, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that they need to see realistic things, you know, not the Facebook thing, you know, um, right. the reality versus, you know, what we show on Facebook. Um, I think that people learn more from success and failure and struggle than just seeing somebody who's perfect, who's posting how great they always are, you know, and not really showing the, the real side. You know, the real side is we have good runs, we have bad runs, we have good days, we have bad days. Uh, yeah. Nobody is living on cloud nine 100% of the time. And can we, can we define exactly what success and failure is? I mean, everybody's success is going to be completely different, completely. Different. There's no way that you can go on Strava or on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever your social media choice is and compare yourself and your workouts and your mileage and your paces and your goals to someone else and feel like you're succeeding or failing against them. That's in right. I mean, there's elite runners that are running 60 to 70 miles a week. And then there's elite runners running 120 miles a week. And those elite runners are competing at e against each other and elite marathons and they're running identical times. And, and it's, it's impossible to, uh, just judge your training because everybody absorbs training and everybody's environment's different. Everybody's lifestyles are completely different. So your success. And not only that, we're talking about goal paces here, but not only that, the goals can kind of reset up or down depending on where you're at in life and with running and everything else. You know, Brittany, you're Donna, talking. Donna's in my story is, is perfect example of that. You know, we both had right. success, but not in the same way. You know, it wasn't right. because I reached my goal. It was because I finally ran happy and, and, you know, honestly, group power Hulk smash has been helping because I didn't have to use the butt cream either. So that's <laughs> what she finally did meet her goal pace, you know, so it's, yeah. it does come in different ways, you know, success doesn't mean that you hit the goal that you intended to hit when you set out to do this. It's just that in that moment that you just felt good and you felt successful. Yeah. Success right. comes in well, a lot of different shapes and sizes. Is the success hitting that goal for you, Brittany, hitting the five hours, or is the success not giving up, but continuing to try in your case, you know, you've had a bit of a reset, but now you're seeing, okay, I need to do these things so I can get back to where I can do that. Is that the real success? It's, you know what? It's not even about the five hour. It's about that girl that was going for the five hours. Right. That, then is that, that, is this the success? That's who I'm trying to get back to. It's, it's, it's that girl who didn't give up the girl who just loved to run and just loved to exercise and loved to be around people. Um, that's the girl that I I'm trying to get back to. And that girl will run a five hour marathon. <laughs> and it's, okay. it, you know, it, yeah. And you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, resetting, that five hour goal doesn't have to go away. You can still put, you know, shoot the moon goals out there. You know, it doesn't have to be done in the year 2020. Right. So Brittany is like, you know what? The five hour goal is still out there, 
But right now, my more immediate short-term goal is fix me. And I'm going to keep building up and I'm going to keep setting new goals and I'm going to keep hitting those goals. And if I don't hit those goals, I'm not going to allow myself to take, you know, uh, a year, two years off and just kind of throw it. I'm just going to keep building up and keep laying that foundation because as long as I stay somewhat consistent and as long as I keep myself, you know, reaching these short-term goals, I'm eventually going to get to the big goal that I achieve. And that, I think that's, I think that's why I've become uh, so into running and why I got hooked on it is because I started out with a small goal, just finishing a half marathon. And you put those big goals out there in your mind and maybe even publicly, but they don't have to be done in one training block. You know, you can try it in one training block. And if you don't succeed, please, by all means, do not throw away that training. That training that you did for that block is still good fitness it just layered it you, you know a 3d printer has anybody seen a 3d printer you know it's it's mm -hmm. putting the layers of of the uh the material down and it's just building on that's exactly what running and training to be and every now and then you might have to chisel back a little bit in order to rebuild back up maybe you have a little bit of a uh, a mess up in the product or whatever and you got to size back down and rebuild back up but that i mean the the added the attitude that you have, Brittany, I, I think it's fantastic right now is just putting it out there, good, bad, and, and just feed off of the people there to kind of help you out. And by golly, you, you're going to get there. It's it's just uh, you just got you just, those short term goals. Those, those things are big. It's, it, they're easier to digest, right, right. than to, to, to swallow big and, and keep chewing on those small ones. And and uh, yeah, I think, I think it's awesome. I kind of ramble. My coach Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. So we've got all these. We've got all these races and all these fun things. We talk about all this motivation and and kind of struggles that we have. It is hard to go down to Orlando, Florida, and run Disney races and uh, not be in a good mood. Is it? Is it not? It is. Maybe. Extremely hard. I'm so yeah. excited. Oh yeah. Until, until I looked at the weather this morning, which oh, Robert it's going to be it's going to be a It's going to be brutal. Well, I wish I were joining everyone down there. Unfortunately, I am not going to make it. Donna's not going to make it. But uh, the excitement and the memories that we've all created in there come around every time, especially uh, during marathon weekend. Uh, just kind of reflecting all of those and knowing what you guys are going to be looking ahead to here this coming week so we've got the 5k on thursday 10k on friday half on saturday full on sunday is there anyone dopey enough to run all four only mark not this year. mark, <laughs> mark not didn't this sign year. up in time luckily i wasn't that stupid i went other route to find my bed but um if anyone is going down i don't know when this is airing but uh, i'll be cheering for the 10k on the boardwalk and somewhere for the half so, I am worried though. I don't think I'm going to get to ride the coaster this year. I, well, maybe because the route has changed. The route has changed. So, so Everest yeah. is now at mile 17. I'm going to, you know, Animal Kingdom is around mile. Yeah, but it's not at mile 12 or 13. It's at about mile 17. So even with the 30 minute earlier start time, because the race. Races start, start at 5 instead of 5.30, yes. Really? Yes. Isn't that I, been the I, way I, the last couple of years, though? No. No, it's been 5.30. Ugh. Yeah. But you should still hit Animal Kingdom about the same time. No, because I don't, I don't, I'm running with people, and I don't know what our pace is going to be. I did the uh, math earlier, and I'm, I'm. Yeah, I've got, I'm I've got two friends. Close. It's going to be their first marathon, and I said I'd do it with them. My goal is to like run ahead, but I do we even have that out and back before Animal Kingdom? No. I was looking at the course today. I don't think there is one. So, no, there isn't. So and we run ahead. But we don't have the twenty-five miles through Wide World of Sports either. I never minded that. I, I didn't either. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like the out and back. About. I hated the out and back, but yeah. I, yeah, I, under, I understand why they had it, and we get to run through Blizzard Beach this year. Which that's cool, but we don't get margaritas. No, but Unless, should you know, be able to get a beer of Germany. Well, that was always the case, though. It was yeah. 
Beer in Hollywood Studios, beer at Germany. Germany. Margarita uh, beer at, at England. No, England, then Germany, then Mexico margaritas. Right. But luckily I have a hookup, so I'm still getting my margarita. Yeah, team Margarita said they couldn't figure out how to make they it. Can't. I know. And yeah. and I get it and I love it. I them. think it's because of the quantities of margaritas they'd have to do. The logistics just weren't practical. Yeah. Because they usually Let's, buy ahead and have them right there waiting for us. So. Right. Let's give a little shout out here to Team Margarita. So for for folks who are tuning in and may not be familiar with Team Shenanigans, we had a subset uh, group, uh, Kim and Jen, and I'm sure there were more hands in the picture, uh, who would go to the Mexican Pavilion and they would have a pre-order list and many of the drinks prepaid. If you didn't pay, we would call you out. But many of the drinks <laughs> prepaid. Some of us paid more so that in case there were people that didn't pay, they could still exactly. get Exactly. But we were prepaid, pre-ordered, and they had the list, they had the money, and they had estimated time of arrivals, and they had trays full of margaritas for God, us as amazing. we crossed through. That was crazy. Very well executed and very they much appreciated. So, yeah, with the course change, it does make that a little bit more complicated, especially when you're looking at, you know, what, 50 or 60 margaritas it was in 2018? Yeah. Something obnoxious. So. <laughs> right, yeah, where they that could was get them there, and huge. you picked them up almost right there anyhow. And now yeah. with the with the construction in Epcot, you're going to be exiting Epcot before you ever get to Mexico. Yep. I'll be honest. I didn't I didn't uh, put a whole lot of effort into looking into a course preview or anything like that. I did kind of give it a glance over just to kind of see. So I, I know whereabouts you're going. I didn't break down the mileage and calculate, you know, what could be possible as far as attractions and timing and all that because I wasn't running. But, uh, but I, I hope you guys have a fabulous time and I can't wait to see all the pictures and hear about all yep. of them. Yep. Oh, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. We should try to get Pelkey on to talk about like all the changes on his end too. Cause they've had a lot of changes. Yeah, I imagine uh, early races mean early more. I mean, they're already waking up well, at like oh, one thirty, two yeah. o'clock yeah. for the things. I mean, but what's there, the there's also been the... changes to the announcers at the race. Yeah, and there's yeah. some other changes that they've had. So it'd right, be, it might be fun to have him on. I'm sure he'd come. Yeah, I'm sure he would. Uh, it would be a matter of, I don't know how much he could actually get into it. I don't know if that's. Oh, give him a couple beers. He'll be fine. He'll yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want to create any <clears throat> trouble with Run Disney. We're, we're so. kidding. His name is not Pelkey. It's announcer number one. <laughs> he he has moved up the ranks. Uh, no, I think he's yeah, think still announcer great. number three, even though uh, there's only two announcers. Uh, I was trying to give him some, you know. <laughs> number three, maybe on the, on the uh, Run Disney spec sheet. On the number one in our heart. Number one in our heart. <laughs> we love you, John. Oh, now you gave the first name. We're screwed. I can't, you know, I, 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 John. John, his middle name's John. <laughs> we could have his wife on. Hmm. And maybe his wife yeah. could tell all. Hey, here's what, I, here's what I've been hearing uh, announcer number three talk about on the phone. So. Right. All right, so we can't wait to hear about all the fun heading into Marathon Weekend. Uh, hopefully it's not too hot. Um, many smiles, many pictures, and uh, we look forward to hearing about the uh, feedback from the new course, the new time changes, and uh, particularly what you guys think of the Skylander and oh, The gondolas? I love them. Yeah, they are awesome. They, they didn't are. break down when I rode them. They didn't break down when I rode them. Me either. The only thing yeah. I have, the only problem I have with the Skyliners is I don't care too much for the ones that are wrapped with characters. They look great on the outside, but if you're riding in a gondola that has a wrap on it, you can't, can't see, see so as clear. And it oh. makes terrible photos for Instagram or family and friends. So, That's you know, thing. exactly, right? Wait, so maybe. Is that Ryan speaking or Donna? I know. <laughs> I am not throwing my voice. <laughs> Donna is Donna is throwing the force through me. She's got like this this ray force going through me right now. But they should wrap these things, but keep the glass clean. Disney, keep the glass clean. Nah, I don't know. 
Well, they can put characters on them. Just put them on the sides or on the, you know, the color, the color piece. But they are great. Those... So, did you see the whole thing about um, that pop posted today that yeah. buses will only run once an hour? Once Otherwise, an hour. you have to take a Skyliner to something. Yeah, you know, and I could see that, and I'm sure that was going to be inevitable on Disney's side of things. I think the hour, especially at this time, the the operation hasn't even been going for a full year yet. You know, so an hour to me seems like it might be. A little too far out there. Maybe a couple of years from now, that would be fine. But you know, until things really smooth out and they get this thing, it hasn't broke down on me. But I, I know it breaks down. You know, once or twice a day, and I don't think it's short term or long term rather. But you know, how inconvenient is it going to be if there is a um, an accident with the Skyliner where it's down for a significant time and Disney's got to scramble to get bus drivers and uh, an extra fleet of buses to go in there at twenty you know, every 20 minutes again, you know, if they would have pushed it back to 35, 40 minutes, you know, I could see that, but you know, I'm sure, I don't even know. I haven't been down there, uh, to ride a bus with the Skyliner open, uh, to studios. I don't even know what those buses capacities looks like. If they're even being full, I'm sure they're not. That's probably why Disney is doing this, but I don't know. I'm sure it's pretty fluid. Disney will probably and change it. They, get, they need to keep some buses on standby. Come summer and thunderstorm season, they yeah. are not going to be running those in the air when there's lightning out, and they're going to need yeah. buses to get those people to and from those resorts. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, some of those thunderstorms are a little bit predictable, at least with a given time range, so maybe they have some sort of uh, a fleet of buses on hand. But, yeah, I, I, I just think that mm-hmm. cutting it, Cutting that uh, rotation back from 20 minutes to an hour might be a little extreme. This That's early. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. It's fantastic when it's running, though. It is. I think it, it adds is. great value to pop. And I already yep. love pop, but I think it adds great value to pop. And who knows? We're probably going to be paying for it in the coming years, yeah. you know, as this thing is running. But, but yeah. Anyway. All right. That's well, all I'm I got. thinking of costumes for next year. <laughs> 2021 a return 2021. Right? awesome i'll be there yeah it's uh, i'm thinking you know i've got uh you know i do have boston coming up this this spring so mm-hmm. and that is good, kind of been my big focus and i haven't um even thought about a disney race at this point because the expense of a boston race is every bit of expensive as a Disney race and you're not going to the parks and you're not paying a, res- uh, well, you are paying a resort fee and it's outrageous <laughs> resort. Fee. Uh, but yeah, you don't have that, that, that Disney fun. But, um, once I get that behind me, yeah, I'm looking forward. I would love to jump back down there in 2021. Mm-hmm. Deal. Awesome. All right. That will do it for this episode. Thank you for joining. And folks, we do have an email address. It is runohanapodcast at gmail.com. You can email us with questions, feedback. Tell us how terrible we sound. (laughs) We'll take it. Whatever you want to send. (laughs) You should hear us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Is it iTunes? It's not even iTunes anymore. You should hear it's us on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And uh, please click on the link, subscribe, and we'll bring you more terrible episodes in the future. <laughs> and for that, I am Ryan for Donna, Brittany, Bruce, Rob, and I see Kendra. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Bye.